to the Red Pill Sports Podcast, combating Woke Inc.'s takeover of sports. Red Pill Sports Podcast, sports done right. Sports Podcast. Facebook got to see us do the intro twice because it helps when you turn on the recording button. Uh, but uh, we're going to be talking about the NCAA and how it is on its way out because of NIL and it's not a bad thing. So stay tuned. We're brought to you by MyPillow.com and by RedRiverAuto.com. I want to tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Appreciate so much uh, the way the show is growing. It is just so encouraging. Uh, everybody's really loving the minute with the goat, and uh, we're having. We've gone from just having a handful of um, downloads to we're, we're they're just growing every day. It's really amazing, uh, and uh, we'll we'll hit a thousand downloads. Uh, I believe tonight or tomorrow. So cannot thank you guys enough. I'm really excited about some new merch we've got coming out. Also, we've got a new show coming up. Uh, we haven't even named it yet. It's going to be Brian Coolis. This is on the Doc Washburn uh, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob says the background makes a great midnight snack. I got some chicharrones. Chicharrones here tonight, so I'm not going to eat those in the air. That would be pretty, uh, pretty uh, annoying for sure. I'm going to adjust my light here a little bit. Let's see if that'll help. There we go. Uh, but, uh, man, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to be talking about the NCAA. You know, remember the show, uh, the uh, song by, was the Buggles? Uh, uh, somebody help me out. Robin, help me out. What? Uh, Miser's producer, uh, who was the original? It was an alt band. The original video killed the DJ, uh, or the uh, DJ. Say video killed. Uh, yeah, I believe is killed the uh, the DJ. I believe anyway, but I believe the NIL is going to kill the NCAA, uh, and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. In fact, in fact, I think it's a great thing that. Uh, is going to happen. We'll be diving into that here in just a moment. Uh, the Jazz took care of the Lakers tonight. We're, they were up at 21, uh, ended up only beating them by, I think, six, maybe five. Um, so it was a good game in uh, Utah or, or Denver. So uh, <clears throat> uh, let's see what else is going on uh, in sports. Um well, you, you can get that anywhere. You can get the what's happening in sports. A lot going on in politics. If you want to uh, know all about that, go to the Doc Washburn Show. Uh, Doc has some great uh, interviews he's doing. Uh, actually, he interviewed uh, uh, Judge uh, Janine Pereiro, Pio, or something like that. 
Yeah, the Buggles. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got that one right. Uh, the Buggles are the ones that did the uh, the the DJ video kill the DJ. Um, so, but uh, he did a great interview with her night before last, I believe it was, or last night. Um, and so we got a lot, lot of great stuff going on. We've got a brand new show that's coming on to the Dot Washburn Show, a podcast. Uh, it's not even been named yet, but it's going to be helping uh, people like Robin who are approaching retirement in their six, 60s. Video killed the radio star. I knew it wasn't DJ. Thank you, Robin. Video killed the radio star. It's always good to have Miss Producer back uh, in the saddle. The only thing wrong with our producer is she is from Oklahoma, uh, but uh, we, we're we trying to work her through that. <laughs> no, I, I love people from Oklahoma. So, uh, Video Kill the Radio Star. And uh, so we're going to kind of parallel that, that NIL killed uh, the NCAA. And uh, we're going we're gonna to delve into that here in just a little bit. But, uh, man, you guys are loving. Uh, if you haven't caught it, make sure you catch uh, on our episodes the, um, the uh, Minute with the Goat and uh, see if you recognize that voice. Uh, that's all made completely with AI. Uh, the, the script, the voice, everything is AI-generated. And uh, have fun with that. And that kind of gives you a little something uh, between our longer form shows on Tuesdays, we do the little commentaries. Couple, we'll try to do those a couple of days a week, depending on what's going on in the sports world. Uh, so anyway, thank you, thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough. Uh, we are brought to you by MyPillow.com. Also, we are brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com. Don't forget to use that promo code RED when you go to MyPillow.com. You gotta, gotta get the Giza uh, sheets. I'm telling you, if you get those, you will, you will thank me. Uh, and then, if you're looking for an automobile, RedRiverAuto.com. Uh, don't forget. Uh, to check them out. Uh, so also we've got a brand new podcast and I started talking about it and I got sidetracked and it's going to be helping you navigate the ABCs and the donut holes and all that stuff with Medicare. Uh, it's going to be a really entertaining show. Brian Coolis is going to be the host of that show and uh, I think it's going to be probably one of our most popular shows. It's going to be really, really good. So don't forget about that. Also, uh, we are gearing up for video for the Doc Washburn show, for the Medicare show, and then for Red Pill Sports. We have some new merch, as I mentioned just a bit earlier. We kind of upgraded our uh, logo. I know Miss Producer finds that really hard to believe that we uh, would tweak our, our logo. That's kind of a joke between Robert and I because uh, I am a logo, what would you call that? I'm, I'm addicted to logos and uh, not just addicted to them, but messing with them and keep, uh, I, I think I'm improving them, but you know, I'm sure a lot of people would have, uh, would take issue with that. But man, we are thrilled to have you. I'm just, I cannot tell you how thrilled I am with the way you are helping this show grow. Tell somebody about it. Share it with somebody. Let them know. But let's dive into it. Let's dive into how NIL is killing 
the NCAA or is going to kill the NCAA. And and really, that's kind of just a you know headline grabbing line. Uh, it's not entirely uh, accurate, but it has a lot of <laughs> Robinson's shocker that I'm jacking with the logos here. Uh, you're gonna be thrilled. You're gonna you're gonna love it. All I did really is took the logo and put it in a circle, Robin. So get off my back. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, everybody says nil is just destroying uh, athlete, college athletics, and nothing could be farther from the truth. And here's why: because nil has always existed. As long uh, back in the '70s and '60s, even players were being paid. The only difference is now is you're allowing businesses to to uh, benefit from that instead of some kid coming to the dealership and you know uh, maybe uh, shaking hands and, and kind of coming to a party and something like that but now now it's actually uh, there's actually benefit for uh, the corporation that's been given the money all along these kids have been getting cars all along they've been getting clothes all along they've been getting pocket money and so uh, but what this has done this is uh, one, one of the main functions of the NCAA uh, is this policing. And for you that are on the podcast, I'm doing it for the Facebook audience. Uh, I'm using the air quotes, the infamous air quotes, and that is, uh, you know, they've been this policing agency for, uh, 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 what would you call, violations of the code of conduct for student athletes and uh and the bottom line is that even has been a disaster let's take for instance let's take sean miller that was in arizona uh and sean miller uh you know who who once was at arizona hey robin give me uh, i know he's changed schools and for the life of me i can't think sean miller where is he coaching now I can't believe I just saw him in the NCAA tournament. Please, uh, man, I'm glad to have you back. That's uh, thank God you're you're back in the saddle. Uh, and then you have Bill Self at Kansas, and Bill Self uh, was caught red-handed uh, paying players. And you know who the scapegoat was? It was his assistant. He had uh, assistant, I believe, that was banned uh, for life. You have uh, Sean Miller, same thing, while he was at Arizona. He paid players, and he was uh, his assistant. You don't think Sean Miller, you don't think Bill Seff, you think those assistants had the money? Those guys, you know, they make good money. Xavier, thank you. Yeah, Sean Miller's at Xavier now. Thank you, Robin. So uh, you don't think those those coaches knew about that absolutely they knew about it uh, players that they know and I'm talking now pre-NIL players they knew that were being paid and couldn't prove it but then you had other players that were just you know uh, look at Reggie Bush Reggie Bush lost his doesn't have his uh, Heisman to this day uh, because he got paid and now everybody gets paid Give Reggie Bush back his Heisman. They've all always been getting paid. Plus, the, the one thing that 
that I think gets lost a lot of times is you know these coaches making Nate uh, Nick Saban making ten million dollars a year, and the guys that are actually pulling the weight that are actually causing him to make ten million a year because they're so successful. Uh, before NIL, we're having to be paid on the table and in shady ways, and you know you had guys making just enough money to get you know a pizza. I mean that's ridiculous. And plus, these guys are bringing in billions upon billions of dollars to their prospective schools and to the NCAA. So uh, I think all all NIL has done is brought it out of the back room, brought it from under the table, put it on top of the table. So I think that's one. Two, I think uh, you have this emergence of the 1,000-pound or 10,000-pound gorilla and that is the SEC. Uh, the SEC is so great that Oklahoma uh, left the Big 12 uh, and Texas left the Big 12 to come to the SEC, to the promised land. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and, and what you're getting, you're getting these super conferences. Now the Big 10 is growing, the Big 12, even the Pac, uh, Pac-12 uh, is growing. Uh, and so you're going to see these three or four or five super conferences, and and they have so such a large majority of the wealth. They have such a large majority of the television contract, or, or as far as or, or at least the eyeballs for the television contract. Uh, that uh, here's what I think is going to happen, and we're going to delve into a little bit more of the the grimy details of this. Uh, and I'm going to read you, not read you, I, I don't want to read on the air, but I want to give you a few pull quotes uh, from several uh, sources, and I will do my best to always name those sources. Uh, one is there's a great uh, piece by Ross Dellinger the, uh, Sports, in Sports Illustrated, uh, former uh, LSU beat writer, great piece that he wrote about it. So, um, but let, let's dive into this and, and kind of look at it. And uh, if you look at it, the, uh, the, the really the, 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 the number one thing is, is these super conferences are, are making the NCAA, NCAA irrelevant. Now, because they've brought NIL and put it up on, on the table, then they don't need the NCAA anymore to police it because they can police it themselves. Uh, and here's another thing, the NCAA just kept dragging their feet, and so NIL happened without the NCAA. So not only did the NCAA not initiate NIL, they drug their feet so much because they knew if NIL every ever came out from under the table, uh, was pulled out of the back room, then the the at least the perception. Let me make this clear: at least the perception of what the NCAA does, by far and large. Uh, That'd be out of a job. It'd be like if you, you know, put bumpers on cars and they get a robot to put the bumper on. They don't need you. And so it is with uh, the NCAA does a lot more than uh, than policing athletes and, and pro, uh, college programs. But the perception is that's all they do. And so... The perception is everything. So all the people said, oh, no, we can't make it without, without the NCAA. No, no. 
of the NCAA is a mother hen organization over all the conferences. And the conferences don't need the NCAA. So they've actually, and then you add to that, like I said, the terrible inconsistency of how they'll slap Bill's self on the wrist uh, and and then hang his uh, assistants from the highest tree. Sean Miller gets slapped on the wrist. He's coaching now. And his he has assistants that will never coach in the NCAA uh, in uh, college basketball again. You have Rick Pitino that has just spit in the face of of college basketball as far as their rules are concerned. Uh, and he, he just got another great job at St. John, won everywhere he went. Uh, anybody that's winning, John Calipari and, and all of them, if they're winning, they're what we would call cheating. They're paying players. So now that's all on, on, on the surface. So uh, here's, I think, a lot of it is, uh, I think a lot of it is that the rapid growth of the, uh, of, of the now a really bloated Division One because if you look at Division Two, you look at Division One A, which uh, now and they're in the Division One surging uh, uh, revenues, it so outweighs everybody else. So look, look at this scenario. If the NCAA said, "Look, SEC, you can't do this or can't do that," and the SEC says, "Watch us." Because we've got the largest contract, TV contract, we've got all the eyeballs, we've got the marquee teams, we you know we've got probably what uh, ten or probably ten to twelve of the top or fifteen of the top twenty teams. So we'll just take our our fifteen teams, add five to it, create a super conference, and we'll it'd be like the when the you know uh, AFC became finally good enough to join our, our, uh, the AFL and finally the NFL couldn't ignore them anymore and they had to take them in. But the NCAA is not the NFL. The SEC is. And so uh, the NCAA is, is outside looking in. So uh, then you have this huge disparity between uh, the top 20, 30 Programs and all the other programs. Here's what I think is going to happen. Actually, I was going to save this to the end, but I'll go ahead and throw it in. I, I think what's going to happen is you're going to have several super conferences. Now you won't see any difference on Saturday when you're watching uh, college football. It'll look the same. The NCAs, you know, they're they're a gnat. You know, they're a gnat in you know on the elephant's back. I mean, they're 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 just not much to them. Uh, but what you're going to see is you're going to be a, a total restructuring of Division One, uh, and you have, uh, in fact, one article. This is Ross Dellinger said a microcosm of the NCAA Division One is fractured group of 350 schools, 32 conferences, and three subsections: uh, FBS, FCS, and not ball, non-football playing member schools. Uh, and that convert, and and so you have this animosity and tension uh, among those top schools, and they have all the money. So the 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 conversation is largely driven by the FBS elite, the Power Five, the SEC, the Big Ten, Pac twelve, ACC, uh, and the Big Twelve, and their commissioners. That's really what the NCAA is. Here's what's going to happen: uh, 
the NCAA is going to end up being the conference, if you will, of everybody else. Because a lot of these can't make it without uh, others. So you got some, uh, the Patriot Conference or the American Conference that that uh, are maybe even, uh, you know, the Sun Belt that really can't make it without some other schools. So what's going to happen is your Power Five conferences are going to, uh, either the NCAA becomes totally and completely irrelevant um, and and they're just kind of sitting over in the corner and they're like a they're a logo uh, for for lack of a better term um, and so I think that's I think that's a lot of it right there uh, and so division one what, what you're going to do you're going to have a, a, a division uh one plus or or one you know uh, star and that's going to be your power five then your true then your division one is going to be the other 330 schools so, so you know, you've got 30 schools in division one then those 330 are going to be there and that's what the NCAA will really have uh, uh, over it uh, and so again what happens if uh, the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, uh, the Pac-12 uh, say, you know, we're, we're starting our own NCAA says, no, you better not. What are they going to do, right? Uh, so I, I think that's a lot of what's going to happen. Um, you, you know, you got these schools with multi-multi-million dollar uh, budgets. And so then you have... Uh, you know, schools like Texas, Georgia, Ohio State, who are sharing a lot of that revenue, uh, both with their conference, which that will continue, but then they're sharing a, a smaller portion with everybody below them, and none of those schools are bringing in are bringing in very little money, and so it just can't it, it can't sustain itself. So, right now, you have schools that have an, a financial incentive to elevate from one level to the other. Uh, like FCS moving to FBS, they they grab a slice of the uh, college football playoff money pie. Division two programs move up to Division one, get a cut of the uh, NCAA men's basketball tournament, uh, on and on. Uh, but but then what you have finally what starts to happen is you have these bigger schools saying, look, we're we're trying to grow. Our program, so we need to keep more of this money, and so you're going to, have to take care of these guys down here. You have to take care of the Furmans and the Fordhams and the Ivy League teams and so forth and so on. Uh, so really, because if Power Five right now, if Power Five succeeded, if if Big Twelve, Big Ten, uh, Pac Twelve, uh, SEC, and I'm missing one more, uh, if if they um, if if they got out, uh, then then there would be an NCAA, not not television wise. So uh, I think you see a and, and I look at it, I say, well, what is these Power Five conferences? What is their incentive to stay in the NCAA? There's very little actually, other than 
the, all five of them together, but they can do it on their own. They don't need the NCAA to do that. Uh, here's something about Greg Sankey, who's, of course, the SEC commissioner. commissioner uh, has He's even publicly expressed that the Power Five should have more autonomy to create scholarships, legislation that benefits athletes more. Uh, but the NCAA refused to uh, comply or, or to go along. And so uh, here's what Sankey says. That needs to be looked at. We have some important questions to ask and answer, uh, which produces some difficult questions uh, or some difficult conversations. Well, you know what that means, right? You know, when your boss says, hey, you and I need to have a difficult conversation, when you're... uh, when a parent says to a kid, we need to have a difficult conversation, that means some keys are getting ready to be taken away. You're getting ready to, to have your own cell bill, and your parents are not going to pay anymore. They're not paying your college tuition. It's it, it's not small. It's not uh, being at 12 instead of 12.30. I can promise you that. Excuse me, I had to get a, a quick drink. So uh, in this in the SEC, let's take it for a mo- moment. Many administrators believe the conference can afford and should provide every, every athlete with a full scholarship, uh, eliminating partial scholarships uh, that may exist in like many Olympic sports, uh, like badminton, volleyball, whatever. Uh, but see, not all uh, schools, even Power Five schools, can afford that full aid to more more than 300 athletes. Uh, So you have the SEC distributing enough money to do that. Um, But but then you have uh, a lot of, you have the NCAA saying, no, 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 you can't can't do that. Well, these NCAA, uh, I'm sorry, these Power Five, especially the SEC, and and I don't even say the Big Ten, even though they're, they're powerful, just not nearly as powerful as SEC. Uh, you see them uh, really, really. You're going to see them flexing their muscles. What's going to happen? Uh, and so, uh, you already have NIL is already happening. Uh, and so, and and I think the biggest problem with NIL that uh, for the NCAA at least is that they didn't. Uh, they didn't. Uh, they weren't proactive. They didn't take care of it, and so it just happened. Schools started doing it. Well, so then those schools that just started doing it said, "Well, why do we need the NCAA? You know, they they didn't come up with NIL. We did." Um, Betsy Mitchell is a former athlete and current athletic director. She understands questions of the NCAA. She says the rapid growth and surge of revenues in Division One have created disparities between member schools. We talked about that. Said college sports leaders are preparing for a transformative year, uh, aiming to restructure how college athletics governs itself. Well, there it goes again. That what you're going to see is these uh, these conferences uh, take over uh, the governance of themselves. Uh, and let's face it, what. What does the NCAA do again? Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. But what do they do? Uh, and then, uh, it, then police schools 
Well, the conferences have the same motivation, even more. And then the, the conferences actually have their member schools put more pressure on them than NCA. Look, if, if Georgia complains about something LSU did, or LSU complains about something Georgia did, and they go to the NCAA, well, NCAA doesn't want to make Georgia or LSU mad. Uh, but if it's an SEC conference issue and Georgia or LSU claims one or the other one did something wrong, then they can go and then they have all the other peers that it uh, directly affects in, in scheduling and, and so forth. And so there's much more tougher peer pressure and everything else for a lot of this stuff to be handled at the conference level rather than NCAA level. Um, and so, you know, the Power Five conferences want more control over revenue. Uh, again, it's that threat of succession uh, that, that I think looms uh, huge. Uh, but nothing, as we said earlier, the 350 schools in Division One is just too big. You know, it's just simply too big. So th there's a, and I think it's going to be fascinating, actually, the, the business side of it is how the uh, NCAA diverses itself. Think of it this way. Think about when uh, Southwestern Bell was split up by the government. Now, I'm not for the government splitting up the NCAA, and that's another thing that really bothers me about the NIL is that NCAA didn't develop the rules and everything for NIL. It kind of was done on the fly. So then you start hearing senators and congressmen talking about, well, we need to address NIL. Look, I think you need to address the national debt limit. I think you need to address the war in Ukraine. There's a lot you need to be doing, Congress and Senate, uh, House and Senate, but, but it ain't uh, NCAA matters. It ain't baseball matters. It ain't football matters. And pardon the ain't, but it ain't. So there you go. Uh, so you, you have, and, and really what brought this whole uh, NIL thing to bear was you had athletes suing schools. I remember when I was in the state legislature, uh, and NIL came up and, and uh, athletes back then were trying to get paid. Well, that eventually went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court sided with the athletes. And it's only right, in my opinion. Yeah, does do I worry sometimes about the amateur nature of of college sports being uh, affected? Well, only if I don't, if I'm not totally honest with myself and say, "Hey, this has been going on forever," right? Uh, and so, uh, I, I think another thing that you you can look at is. The NCAA tries really hard to focus on the student athlete. Again, I'm using the air quotes. Uh, but let's let's face it: the three billion dollars coming in, it's not coming from uh, from from uh, students. It's not coming from academics. It's not coming from science teachers. It's not coming from uh, biology. It's not coming from math and science and English. It's coming from football primarily. Some basketball, uh, a lot of basketball as far as the tournament. Uh, so, uh, the NCAA owns the rights to the March Madness, but all the Power Five would do, all these 
big schools would do is create their own tournament. It'd be like Live Golf starting uh, from PGA. And if you got all the most powerful schools, then it wouldn't matter. The NCA would have nothing but a blue logo with four letters. That's all they would have. So, uh, so I think the growth, and then you've seen it this year uh, with this tremendous growth of uh, of these uh, of these conferences. And you notice how these conferences, Oklahoma and Texas, comes over to the SEC. You have uh, USC. And uh, who else was it? Was it Oregon that joined the, it wasn't Oregon, Utah maybe, joined the uh, Big Ten. And, and so what's happening is those schools uh, are, are starting to join together. Now, now, get this, what happens when the SEC and the Big Ten, maybe they don't merge, but what if the SEC, the Power Five, the SEC, the Pac-12, uh, the Big uh, Big Twelve, the Big Ten, uh, and and uh, one more. I keep forgetting that fifth one, the Power Five. But uh, they all join together. They join their TV contract together. They join uh, and and they start working together on on things. Then it's it's lights out. Game set, you know, game set match. Uh, when that happens, so it's going to be fascinating to, to watch this uh, and and just see how it plays out. Uh, but but I don't think I don't think you need to be uh, I don't think you need to be worried. I don't I, I think what's going to happen. And I, I'm I'm going to predict something uh, that I didn't think I would ever predict. And that is, I think you're going to see. And let me I'm going to I'm going to use a caveat here. I'm probably going to make a couple of people mad, but. I think the reason that WNBA is so unpopular is because one, it's so super liberal. Two, uh, I think there is there is such a masculinity about the the pro women's game uh, that is off putting, and I'm, that's how, that's that's the only way I know how to put it. Uh, and so I think with Caitlin Clark, I think with uh, uh, I, I think with uh, LSU emerging, and and especially with Kim Mulkey, very feminine. I mean, she's a fireball, but very feminine. I think there is a femininity. Is that a word? If it's not, it is now. Uh, you got uh, uh, Van Lith, Haley Van Lith coming in. You got some stars, uh, and you still got a lot of you know masculine uh, uh, players. Uh, in in women's basketball, but the more you get some some women that are playing women's basketball, and then you have good basketball being played, uh, and and we saw. Listen, I'm 62 years old, and it's the first time to well, I know it is the first time, other than back in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, uh, I watched women's basketball. Uh, a couple of games, and guess who it was? Point guard, a name uh, for a, a little team out of Western Louisiana called Louisiana Tech, and they had a fired little point guard who was dishing the ball, scoring all over the. Uh, had little pigtails, a little spunky girl named Kim Mulkey, and that's the last time I watched 
college women's college basketball. And so I think if you get this, uh, I think you get better basketball being played, and I think that's being played right now. Uh, probably the best year women's basketball has ever had. Uh, I, I think it. I think that's going to be one of the more more profound things. I, I think very few people, and I think you could probably go back to Angel Reese. I think definitely had some effect. But I, I think it's Caitlin Clark. I think it's Caitlin. And it's not, and I, and I talked about this earlier when I did, uh, uh, Caitlin Clark is no angel. Uh, and I was, what I, I used that as a play on words. It wasn't about her being a, a good person or not. It was about Angel Reese. And what I was saying was they were so different as players. You know, Angel Reese comes from a more urban black background. She's a black girl who's typical for the college basketball, women's college basketball game. Here's Caitlin Clark. Uh, Angel Reese is is just a great athlete. Caitlin Clark is generational. Uh, I mean, she's Steph Curry esque uh, shooting the basketball, and so I think Caitlin Clark probably. Uh, will make more will no 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 not not probably she will make more money uh, in the college game than she would ever make in the uh, in the program pro game just because there's so much more money uh, in the college game now uh, I, the, the numbers were just blown just they were just exploded. Uh, and how I know that is I, I watched the entire game. I mean, I, I skipped my nap on Sunday and watched an entire game. So that right there tells you something right there, right? Uh, so I think the NCAA, uh, I don't think they can hold on to women's basketball no more than they can hold on to men's basketball, March Madness I'm talking about, or these Power Five, five conferences. But I think if the NCAA would say, look, let us be... A governing, let us take these non-power five schools. Let's create something. Give us a little money because they don't generate much money. Give us women's. They're not going to get women's basketball because women's basketball is is exploding now. That's going to ebb and flow uh, if you get some more players like Kevin Clark. Now I want to I want to go back because it's so fascinating that Kevin Clark. A lot of people thinks. Uh, and would take from what I'm saying today is that Caitlin Clark has uh, transformed the women's game because she's white. I, I think that is actually partially true. I think it's because she's more feminine than she is masculine. I think it's because she's white uh, and everybody else primarily, not everybody else, a large majority of women's basketball players, as it is in the men's game, are black. So you have now uh, more uh, white people, which is the majority of the nation, uh, watching this girl. You have people who are not into the super masculine girls playing. And so they're kind of turned. You have somebody shooting the ball from 28 and 30 feet and hitting with just insane accuracy who's fiery, who's competitive, who who never stops. Uh, all of those factors together. And then you put Angel Reese against Caitlin Clark, uh, 
on a national stage with Kim Mulkey, uh, and then you just create. It's like a TV show. You create all the elements that makes it watchable. You, listen, if you took out all the black players in the, in the NCAA basketball, you lose a huge portion. Even though uh, black Americans only make up, what, 15% of the nation, you still lose a lot of eyeballs because a lot of black people watch basketball because... Uh, you know, young kids can say, hey, that could be me. Uh, adults says, you know, that could have been me. Uh, or that, that could be my daughter. That could be my son. Uh, and then some of it is, hey, there's a brother, there's a sister doing well. Just like white folks. Hey, look at that white boy go. It, it's not evil. It's just humanity. It's sociology. So you, the NCAA, if they were smart, they would. I would give these Power Five conferences everything they wanted. Listen, I think of the. I think of, and, and I'm going to close out with this. I think of the NCAA is like an agent for a star athlete. Okay, that star athlete can find them an agent anywhere. Anybody will be their agent. Uh, so what your job is, Mister or Mrs. Agent for Mister Superstar is do what they want you to do and do the best for them. And then, yeah, you get your little cut of the pie, but you just leave them alone and let them do their thing. Now, you try to guide them or you can guide them and direct them, but at the end of the day, they are the client. And say, hey, listen to me. If, if, if you will become the power five, and, and the group of five, and if you'll, I'm talking about conferences, and if you'll become their agent, uh, as it were, and do what they want you to do, and let them pay you a percentage uh, far less than what you've been getting, and quit trying to be the end-all, be-all, just be their agent, then you get to keep everything that you have uh, and see this women's game grow, uh, keep continue to grow it. Let the conferences shine. You're in the background, and you can have a long, long, very, very lucrative uh, arrangement and relationship. But if you try to go in there and strong arm these conferences, they're just going to walk. And and you have you have zero leverage. You have 300 schools that have nothing to offer. So you know. Uh, well, let me back up. That's not fair. Nothing to offer. C- collaboratively, well, that's tough. All together, yes. Uh, yeah, is she the highest paid female athlete? Is that what you're asking? I can't see it here. I'm pretty sure she is. I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Olivia Dunn. Makes three point five million in NIL. She's the highest paid female college athlete. Uh, great, great get there, Robin. And I, I had heard that and I forgot that. Uh, yeah, if you've not seen Olivia Dunn, she is one. She's phenomenal. She's a, a beautiful little girl, and then she's really, really, um, uh, you know, just just uh, brands lover. And so that's what really you have. You have these players becoming their own brand these conferences listen 
make no mistake about it. I, I've been lecturing the NCAA about becoming the agent for uh, the, the, the powerful conferences. Okay, here's another thing. Power Five conferences, SEC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, on and on. You be the agent for the Olivia Dunn's. Uh, you, you know, you can't let the, you can't let them run the place, but you got to pretty much say, hey, just like the NCAA would be nothing without the conferences, the conferences would be nothing without the players. So it all comes back around, why not give these uh, players, the, the NCAA and all the schools are making $3 billion a year, and you're giving kids uh, lunch money uh, and giving them a stipend, uh, this is much more equitable. It's much more fair. Is it unsettling? Is it new territory? Absolutely. But it's completely and totally necessary. Hey, I'm so thankful that you've joined the Red Pill Sports Podcast tonight. Be looking for another minute with a go. We'll probably drop that on Thursday or Friday. Uh, I'm going to try to have Charles Hames on. I don't know if we'll have him on next week. Uh, he was showing me something he's doing. He's doing one of those pro, I think it's pro strata. Uh, Robin, can you see what that is? Pro strata uh, games. It's where, where you do games with statistics. Pro stat maybe, uh, and it's 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 they use cards. It's an old game. It's like from the 60s or 70s. Uh, and it's just fascinating. I'm going to have him on here to talk about the tournament that he's running right now. The 62, I know the 62 Celtics are playing like the 86 Rockets. Uh, you know, phenomenal stuff. Uh, so we're going to try to have him on. Be listening for a minute with a goat. Don't forget about checking out the Doc Washburn show uh, on uh, at docwashburn.com. we got the Medicare show coming up for you old geezers like me uh, to help you navigate uh, Medicare um, and so and don't for, forget about our great sponsors Red River Auto as the great Patriot uh, car dealership RedRiverAuto.com uh, and then also MyPillow.com use that code uh, promo code RED to get huge savings and thank you so much for joining us tonight thank you for being here uh, I appreciate you uh, so very much. Thank you for all uh, the uh, all the comments. Thank you, Miss Producer, for doing a phenomenal job. Uh, we appreciate you uh, so so uh, very much, and uh, hope you have a wonderful wonderful week. God bless you, and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. to you by the Doc Washburn Show family of podcasts, a Yetcher Media Company.